Hi, this is John Schlitt, and you're listening to people just like me talk faith and life with Joe Taylor on Faith's Edge. You can stand firm-footed and rooted knowing that you're enough for what God has called you to do. Thank you, John, for the introduction. If you haven't heard John Schlitt's The Greater Calls, then you haven't heard John Schlitt at his rockin' best. Thank you so much, John, for being a friend to the show, and I certainly appreciate talking to you soon. This is the 117th episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. This episode's guest, Anita Fay, burst onto the national scene in 2007 with the release of her critically acclaimed project, Are You Willing?, which earned her a Gospel Album of the Year nomination from the International Independent Music Awards. In our conversation today, Anita shares how growing up in a diverse culture shaped the eclectic nature of her music, how having her faith challenged brought her closer to God, and how her newest project, Kingdom Journey, carries a deeply personal message that God is always faithful even through our most difficult seasons. Anita has a profound wisdom and joy that only comes from a life of trials and victories led and molded by God. Why in the world do you call yourself a late bloomer? Well, I think of a late bloomer as anyone who may not have hit milestones according to the plans that they had perhaps early in life um, where successes or victories or, you know, achieving things and accomplishing things may come at a later stage in life. So for me, that has resonated as being truthful. (laughs) Um, You know, I think there's an expression that says, if you want to make God laugh, tell him what your plans are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because, you know, what we think and what we sort of um, idealize for ourselves and our path and, you know, um, different targets that we have may not be on the horizon or what the ultimate plan is for us. So we also live in a society, sadly, where youth and all things that are attributed to young people and their accomplishments tend to be celebrated in in many cases even more so than those accomplishments of people who are not in a certain demographic. You know, you look at a lot of um, whether they're athletes or rock stars or movie stars or, you know, performers that when they have successes at a certain early age, we think, oh, that's, you know, really incredible. That's great. And we we sort of overlook the fact that they're not the only contributors in the world. You know, it's it's wonderful to see that people can do certain things at, a, at an early age, maybe they're prodigies or what have you, but that shouldn't diminish the accomplishments of people who may not have seen success at that same age, but have plenty to offer. And I think arguably as people are seasoned with age and with experience and wisdom. Certainly, I think of myself as someone who, you know, may not have hit every target of of getting things done by a certain age, but certainly have, with the grace, thankfully, of God, been able to do things, um, albeit at a later timetable. You know, some of us reach a point, Anita, where we, we ask ourselves, is this ever going to happen for me? Is this, is this ever going to go the way 
the way I dreamt it would go. And, and, and sometimes we feel like I'm just going to go be a banker or a manager or what everyone else does. Did you ever reach a point in that like that in your life? Absolutely. You know, I, I think there's a point when when you don't see things come to fruition, um, you just think, well, maybe that wasn't meant. And, and you give up fighting for or pursuing those things without really putting into perspective that even some of the most incredible success stories that we can point to are people who would readily say, yeah, but I failed, you know, so many times or I'm a 15 year overnight success story, right? We think of people, you know, that come into the limelight as just suddenly having appeared and everything just sort of coincidentally fell into play. And that's just not quite how it works. There's a lot that led to that accomplishment. There's a series of, of events and discipline and meeting the right people and the right connections and the right timing, you know, coming into play that it's easy to get jaded. And, and that's not to say that you shouldn't be practical. You know, I, I don't think that anyone's advocating that you be um, homeless until you have your big break, whatever that is. Uh, so, yeah, certainly there are times that you just have to say, well, you know, you do have to hunker down and, and do things for the sake of, of making a living. But at the same time, that's that shouldn't negate one from their ultimate call and destiny and to continue to pursue those things without ever, ever letting go and giving up on that. At what point did you reach in your life where you thought, hmm, I, I think I might have found my groove here. I think I might have found uh, the right path. And I, I honestly think I am in that phase right now, having gone through, you know, so many different experiences and things, getting to a point where I've I've really sort of come into my own in terms of assurance and knowledge of, of who I am, who I have been called to be. You know, I think you get to a point in time where you, you can stand firm-footed and rooted, knowing that you're enough for what God has called you to do. And that awakening, that epiphany that you get to is that moment of arrival, honestly. And for me, I'm in that phase, um, both in terms of the creativity, in terms of, of seeing some connections that are, are panning out and, you know, doors um, that have begun to open. But it, it hasn't come through a lack of trials um, and uh, different situations that would try to derail me from my path. But when you know that you know that you know, that's when you can stand firm-footed and say, I have this because I am his child and he's going to see to it that what he started in me will come to pass. You know, that scripture that says, he who has begun a good work in you will perform it. We'll complete it. We'll bring it to fruition. We can know that in our being. It's got to be, um, you know, in the middle of our DNA, so to speak, um, that we can rest on that. And once you have that confidence and you can sort of sit in that, that knowingness, then things can happen for you because you've released all of the tension that starts to fight against that. I love how you put that, Anita, when you know that you know that you know. What kind of things do you think were holding you back? It was a combination of not being in alignment, meaning 
not having connections with the right people or being connected to the wrong people. And and that is more than half the battle. And then the other thing is just within myself, really owning my confidence and my, my self-worth. And, you know, I would dare say some struggles with self-sabotage along the way, you know, feeding into the lies that sometimes the enemy can feed us. And let's face it, sometimes we do a better job of doing our own self-sabotage without any help from any influence. You know, we want to blame the enemy for a lot of things that we are guilty of without any intervention. And so getting to a point of acknowledging in, in the first step is saying, yep, I own that. That's a truth for me. I have to overcome it is how you can step into a phase of victory, but you have to acknowledge um, where you've gotten out of alignment in order to make that happen, that shift happen. Well, you have certainly been on a journey, haven't you, Anita? Indeed, yes. In fact, let's, yes. let's, let's, let's be so bold as call it a kingdom journey. <laughs> I like the way you did you that. You see what I yes, did there? <laughs> yes, yes. Awesome. There seems to be a theme uh, throughout this Project Kingdom journey. And that theme is life's not always easy, but God is in control. Isn't that a powerful testimony? I think for any of us that have lived life for any number of years, we can look back and see how true that really is. And yeah, I think the the project really tries to encapsulate that thematically that, you know, it doesn't matter the highs and the lows that you go through. And there will be phases in your faith walk or journey um, in your experiences where everything is not all a bed of roses. You know, you will struggle and question God and doubt and wonder, you know, did he hear me? Um, am I am I just in this thing alone? You know, what is it what does it matter in the end? It, it seems your faith is, is is not really panning out. You don't see the evidence of it. And yet God is faithful when you get to different new experiences that will start to reveal that to you. Then you can see, you know, that there really was a purpose behind the pain. And so this journey that we're on, this this faith walk that we're on, it, it's filled with tribulation, but through it all, when you look back, you will be able to see that God is there, has been there, and that it is not in vain. I'm the type of person, Anita, that I want to know the full picture before even I even start down the road. I want to know how it's going to end, and I want to know what's going on, and uh, maybe there's some control issues, I don't know. But the, something that I learned a long time ago is you go as far as God is showing you to go, and when you get there, God will show you more. Yes, 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 yes. I think I'm cut from a similar cloth. I'll, I'll say that. Um, I, I'm a type A um, by nature. I definitely like to know the end from the beginning. I don't, I don't say I don't like surprises, um, but I'd much rather be in on the surprise yeah. than not. <laughs> Planning the surprise, even if, even if it's your own. Exactly. Exactly. I I can identify with with what you're saying for um for that reason. You know that that it's not. We don't like to call it control, although I'm sure that it's tinged with that. If you understand what's coming, it helps make the endurance easier. 
you can tolerate different things. You can put up with things. You can understand it's okay. You know, this is at the end of the, the road. This is the pot that's at the end of the rainbow. But when you don't really get it, when you're not sure what the struggle is all about, that's when you tend to, you know, see the fluctuations and and you start losing a little bit of, of hope and you lose your way. It's not always clear because the vision is blurry. You don't know what's at the end of the road. To have that outlook to say, you know, if I just understood what the struggle was for, maybe that would make enduring this a little easier, a little more palatable. I think those are the moments where trust <laughs> really has to kick into high gear because we don't always see the picture. We have to trust that God knows all, sees all, has our best interest at heart, even though we don't understand it in our human frailty and our limited point of view. You know, I just had Nicole C. Mullen on the show and uh, she went through a period in her life she called her night season. And she made the point, Anita, that God will be there for us. You just have to make sure that you're there with him. That's beautiful. I, I can certainly relate to that. Dark season is a great statement. I've been in some of those. I've been in some low places. I've, I've dealt with depression. And um, fortunately, by the grace of God, I've had people around me that helped me, you know, sort of pull out of that, pull through that. It is true. It's, it's, it's real um, that you do get to those points of despondency. And yet, that's where we have to trust like a song on the, the project that my husband actually wrote, which is an homage to his grandmother, who is a God-fearing, faith-filled woman who taught her children and grandchildren that even when you can't trace him, you need to still trust him. Trust him when you can't trace him. And the song Untraceable really talks about that, you know, that that unknowing, you know, when you're in those moments of doubt and you're questioning and you're just, you're not resolute in your faith, that's when you have to be reminded, just trust him when you can't trace him. Untraceable is on Kingdom Journey. Your music, and it's evident on this project, has a wide range of styles, reggae, jazz, uh, gospel, even, even have some hip hop in there. Uh, Anita, will you please just pick a style and stick with it? <laughs> if, if it were that easy, it's really I a would. gift. It's a gift, Anita. I mean, it's really, really good. Uh, it really means a lot because I have an eclectic taste, musically speaking, and it's just organic. Um, it just comes from where I've had exposure to different styles, literally everything from classical to jazz to gospel um, and reggae and everything in between. I've learned on some instruments um, as an instrumentalist, but then obviously vocal uh, training and, and, and just singing all my life, really, um, has just sort of helped me to, to form that. But the, the bigger thing, and I'm not sure exactly where this comes from per se, but when I'm being creative, whether I'm writing or I'm expressing lyrics that someone else has written, you know, that whole process of, of forming new pieces, things come out in a way where it's it's not always taking the same form. <laughs> For me, it's really an interesting dynamic because I don't always have a choice in, in the way things come out. It's just sort of where I feel I'm being led 
by the spirit to say, this needs to be sort of positioned in this way, or this has to have this approach or this touch or this feel, because organically it seems that that's the best way for the the message to resonate. I'm really, you know, excited about and, and proud of the diversity, I guess you could say, that's evident in the project, because I definitely think it has a lot of appeal to a lot of different ears. Did you ever in your career try to pick a a genre and force yourself down a road and you just couldn't get there? Yep. (laughs) You know me so well. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, again, one of those best laid plans. You just tell God what your plans are and he's going to show you. Yeah, you don't really know what you're talking about, sister. Because I need you to go in this direction. That's funny. That's funny. You mentioned Untraceable. I tell you, from Kingdom Journey, I was particularly struck by Angels in Heaven. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that one strikes a chord for obvious reasons. Um, and for people listening that may not have had a chance to hear it, the premise of that is it is a tribute to the victims and the families of those that were impacted by the October 1st, 2017 shooting here in Las Vegas, where my husband and I live. We had a friend, um, literally someone who owns a security firm, and sent out an announcement to warn people not to be in that area as things were erupting and said, hey, there's there's an active shooting, need people to stay away, I hope that you're not in the vicinity, but whatever you do, don't come down here. And then within a few short minutes and, and within hours following that, of course, the news um, started to pick up on it and it became headline. And we just were dumbfounded, like, what is happening? And it was an eerie, an eerily familiar feeling because my husband and I both coincidentally enough were both living in Boston um, at the time of the Boston Marathon shooting. Mm. And so when when that whole thing went down, it was just this sort of, it, it, it takes your breath away and not in a good way. You know, it just sort of um, mobilizes you for a minute and you're, you're trying to come to your senses saying, what, what, that couldn't have just happened. What happened? We had friends, uh, co-workers who had loved ones that were impacted. Uh, we remember being glued literally to our television during the time of the manhunt when they went after um, the Boston Marathon bomber because the roads were all closed. Public transportation was shut down. Offices were were closed. Employers were told, you know, that people should stay home because they did this citywide manhunt and they were playing it out on the local news. All you could see was the footage of them going and searching for this person based on the leads that they had and they wanted to make sure the citizens were kept safe. And so you just felt sort of helpless and at the same time you're just hoping and praying that they catch the person. Of course, we all know how things played out um, with the Vegas shooting and the individual taking his own life, but you, you still you're you're left with this sort of sense of helplessness, and you're wondering how how did this heinous act you know go down? What goes through a person's mind other than there being some mental illness to to resort to this? And so while there's just this massive amount of hatred and senselessness that that takes place. And unfortunately, so many people are victimized by it and people who are left in the wake and the aftermath of it, that, you know, the song really is an offering of sorts to say, while there is 
chaos and confusion and hatred. There is also still love and there are people who are praying for you, for your healing, that you'll get through this dark place in that we just have to remember and encourage one another that love will still ultimately prevail. Um, and so that's really what that song represents. It was the least that we felt we could do as an offering to give some sense of hope to those people that were so radically impacted by that that day. Well, it's an important, beautiful song, uh, Anita. It really is. And I'm, I'm struck by these moments in our culture, Boston Marathon bombing, the shooting in Las Vegas, some of the recent shootings that have happened uh, over the past uh, over the past several weeks, even after the after these events. I'm struck about how people rally around the communities throughout the country, rally around these communities and rally around these people, the outpouring of love that you see. And you think to yourself, we can do this, Anita. We can get this right. We, we're proving it right now. We're able to set aside our political persuasions and our our views on life and our views on how we think things should be. And we're able to set all that aside for the sake of showing empathy and love, genuine caring for each other. I could not agree more. That's very eloquent. Um the way that you you stated that, I, I completely agree. So we talked about Untraceable, uh, Angels in Heaven, but what is your favorite piece from Kingdom Journey? It's the million dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> the million dollar question that people don't usually like to answer because yeah. we like to say, you know, we like them all. Um, they all hold a special place in our hearts, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Um, and and the reason I chuckle about that is because I, I've obviously had a chance to think about this as we were completing the project and even trying to select the lead, um, single and, and what direction we'd want to go in. I honestly have to say that cast my cares would be my pick. I think the reason for that is it just really speaks to a place that I've been in, but that I also recognize so many people have been in where you just get to a point of saying, okay, I take my hands off of this entirely because I can't do this, whatever this is, whatever this represents for people. You get to a point where you're overwhelmed and you just are at a point of not even putting on a happy face and and trying to show a brave presence to the world you just say you know whatever this weight is that I'm I call myself trying to carry it, it's the definition of insanity I can't I can't do it but thankfully thank God we have an advocate and 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 a, a God that loves us enough to say you can cast your cares on me because I care for you. Take your take my yoke upon you and learn of me for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. And the truth of the matter is we're never designed to try and carry the load in the first place. That is not our job. And we're always to be dependent. 
And when we get to that place where we're out of sorts and we think we're Superman or Superwoman and we can do it all, <laughs> oh yeah, that's when the rude awakening really comes and we're reminded in sometimes the most poignant of ways that we don't have the answers, nor are we supposed to, um, but that we should have our dependency and sufficiency in in Jesus alone. And so that that song really is a reminder of that, but it's also a, a point of hope, I think, for us to say, yeah, you know what, I'm, I, I have an advocate, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It doesn't matter how low I feel. It doesn't matter how overwhelmed I feel. It doesn't matter how disrupted things may appear to be. I have someone in my corner and I can just look to him and he'll carry me through this. Anita, do you mind if we take a minute and hear just a little bit of Cast My Cares? That would be so great. I'd love that. I really don't know if I can see past my tears. I guess I'll be still. I will let this wall break down inside my soul so here's what i'm gonna do i'm going to cast my cares upon you i'm going to kneel before your throne i beg you to please forgive me if anything in me is wrong i ask you to please How did you come to believe in Jesus Christ? I was raised in a Christian home, um, went to church regularly, certainly Sunday morning services, but also Bible study, and as a kid, vacation Bible uh, school. And um, I had a God-fearing, loving mother uh, in particular who really instilled in me and my sisters how important it was to really have an understanding. Um, But as much as she was instrumental in introducing us Christian lifestyle, she was also very careful and, and very deliberate, I would say, in making sure that we knew that this was a personal decision. So while I had the tradition, the faith tradition, it was really up to me to develop the faith if that makes sense. And she she said, look, my job is to teach you, but you have to individually make the decision for yourself if you are to come to Christ and to have a relationship, because that's really what it's about. It is a relationship. It's not just going through the motions and, you know, being in a service every Sunday and singing when folks tell you to sing. And no, 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 you have to have the relationship, which is more than a one day a week experience. And so she really wanted that for us, but she wanted us to come into that knowledge and to accept that for ourselves. Um, And I'll tell you, you know, going to school and going to college and being exposed to so many other worldviews, because we don't live in a bubble (laughs) Um, as much as sometimes we might like to, because it'd be easier. You know, we live in the real world where people have other viewpoints. And, um, you know, we're exposed to different outlooks when it comes to religion or lack thereof. Um, And people who don't have the same upbringing or um, outlook on, on, 
our faith and certainly have their own um, or offer a very different perspective. And so even learning how to navigate those conversations and, and the exposure of, of what that looks like and the questions that you have to sometimes answer and, and the reflection that you have to do as well, saying, hmm, okay, yeah, that, that was actually a really good point. What what do I really understand about that or what do I really believe um, about that? And, and, and doing your soul searching so that you're not taken off course, you know, that you want to be that seed that was planted in good ground. But sometimes you're going to have to weather the storm of people challenging your your viewpoints. And, and so I think having those experiences in life, whether it was in my college years or, you know, adult years, et cetera, um, that really forced me to stop and think and read and study and show myself approved and, and all of that really helped it, I would say, deepen my faith and, and then just reflecting time and time again on what my mother admonished that we really should have a relationship and know him for ourselves and know that we know that we know that we know what we know. Um, those are the things that have helped me stand. You know, I call myself a recovering atheist, Anita, and many of my listeners know this. Uh, uh, I came to faith in a very logical, methodical process uh, as an as an early adult. And when you say you know that you know that you know that you know that really strikes a chord with me. I'm, I'm forced every day to prove to myself that God exists and God is real mm-hmm. and that I know that I know mm-hmm. that I know that I know. During this early period of your life, uh, when you had these conflicting uh, influences, these different ideas coming to you as, as a young Christian, did you ever have a time where you actually questioned your faith or the existence of God? Absolutely. Absolutely, especially when you don't necessarily have all the answers or there are certain things that you've been seeking or asking for and, and praying about and the 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 level of responsiveness that you would desire is not there. And and let's face it, we don't operate in a microwave um, Christian uh, world, right? Where we just say, oh God, it'd be great if you could do X, Y, and Z, and then poof, like a genie, you know, we conjure him up (laughs) to do everything on our beck and call. Um, That's just not how God operates. And we have to learn, you know, what it means to um, have not only the relationship with him, but to understand his will for each of us as it pertains to any number of things in our life. And so when, when you don't necessarily see the fruit or the evidence of things that you've been seeking, it can definitely throw you off track and cause you to question and wane in your faith. And I've certainly been there uh, more times than I'd want to admit. But what I've learned and what I've thankfully been, I think, seasoned and and wise enough to, to come to understand is that while we might look for those really big signs and wonders that would help to cement our faith or say, you know, God, just show them, you know, you know, stick it to them kind of attitude that we have about, you know, showing how omnipotent um, the God is that we serve. The way he really moves is in those quiet moments when we allow ourselves to be still and we listen for an answer. And when he does move and he does speak, it's done in such a way that it's almost a whisper and he'll send you someone um, in your path that will help 
to confirm some things that you believe he's spoken to you or planted in your spirit. And then he'll send another someone or something along that will just resonate with you. And you're like, hmm, yeah, that seems like confirmation as well. And then maybe a third person or, or something will come along and you'll be like, okay, I hear you. I see you. And and those are the ways that, that he tends to move. And I think if we allow ourselves to really um, just experience that and to avail ourselves to stop trying to think for him <laughs> and allow him to move the way that he desires, that's the more we will actually experience him. That's wise advice for believers and frankly, non-believers alike. Finally, as we wrap up, what would you say to that person that is right on faith's edge? What, what, What piece of wisdom or what piece of advice, what piece of guidance would you give to that person that is about to make that choice to believe or not to believe in God? As I think about that and think about those moments that I've been on Faith's Edge, I know that what has really made the difference for me is having heard someone else in their encouragement to say, I know where you are, I know where you've been, I've been there, and the the uncertainty won't necessarily go away in the snap of a finger, but if you allow yourself to just be still, to seek God, to pray earnestly, and to be quiet, to allow him to show who he is, then I promise you he will, he will answer. And just be prepared for him to move in ways perhaps that you don't necessarily anticipate and even that you might fully understand. But, you know, his word teaches us, be still and know that I am God. And it's the hardest thing for us human beings to do (laughs) is to be still. Um, We just don't know how to do it. We can read a book, we can go to a seminar, we can watch videos, and it's still the hardest thing to do. And, And I think being still is not just about levels of activity. You know, I'm not talking about don't occupy your time, you know, doing a million different things. Being still also means being quiet in your mind because the more we chatter, you know, there's always this conversation that's happening mentally, right? We're processing, processing, processing. Sometimes you have to unplug and you have to disconnect your brain and say, okay, God, I, I, I'm yielded. I will listen and allow you to speak and move and just really get to that place where nothing else matters except hearing from him and not being satisfied until you do. And that may take some time, but that's precious time that will be rewarded in such unexplained exponential ways. And I would challenge anyone who would say they don't have the time to do that, to be still, to listen, Look at how many hours you consume watching videos. Look at how much time you spend, you know, going to a game or watching a a sporting event. Look at the number of hours that are spent going to the movie, enjoying some entertainment and eating some popcorn. I promise you'll find some time. I promise you will. It will be worth it, though. I don't think we can say anything more than that. The project is Kingdom Journey by the Eclectic wise and extremely talented Anita Fay. 
Anita, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you, Joe. I've really enjoyed my time with you, and it's my honor to be with you. God bless you, my friend. Anita's website is anitafay.com. That's A-N-I-T-A-F-A-Y-E.com, anitafay.com. And Kingdom Journey is available on amazon.com. This link and all the other links can be found in today's show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 117. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 117. I love bringing you engaging conversations about faith. If this show entertains you, encourages you, informs you, or brings value to you in any way whatsoever, will you consider financially backing the show by using any Amazon link on on onfaithsedge.com? Now, we'll get a modest commission from the purchase, but it doesn't cost you a penny more. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you, Anita Fay, for being with us, and thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me. And you mean a lot to this show. Remember, God is real. He loves you. And so do I. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher, Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us and we would love to hear from you.